An incarcerated individual you can at hear? Eastern Kentucky Correctional yeah, Complex, the Kentucky on. Correctional Institute. This call is not private. It will be recorded and may be monitored. If you believe this should be a private call, please hang up and follow facility instructions to register this number as a private number. To accept this free call, press. You may start the conversation now. Hi, kids. Hey, Mr. Chris McKenzie. It's, it's Crystal McKenzie, and I'm sitting here with your ex-wife. You know what her name is? Stacy Stone. <laughs> the real ex. The real ex, the one and only ex, right? Hey, okay. Kit, have you had a chance to read the appeal from the Supreme Court at, that uh, that actually affirmed your conviction just recently? Did you have a, uh, a chance to sit down and read that? Yeah, I did. Yeah, it was interesting because you know, it was a split decision thing, and um, you know, I, I read uh, read it. Uh, I went through it. Uh, you know, it's a lawyer, you know, talking there and everything. But yeah, I've, I've have, uh, I understand it pretty well now. Yeah, what do you think? What are your thoughts on that? Well, you know, obviously, you know, I'm going with a dissenting opinion, but, I mean, looking at it, just trying to look at it objectively, I think their arguments are really good. I mean, basically what they've done now is they've set, you know, a really bad standard for the, uh, the hearsay in the, in the Fifth Amendment in Kentucky. And, uh, you know, every time a Supreme Court uh, makes a decision, you know, and kind of tweaks things to tweaks the Constitution to uphold the conviction, you know, they, they said a, they, they, they kind of dirty the waters, you know what I mean? And oh, yeah. that just slowly builds over time. So now we've got a really bad precedent set. As the dissenting judges said themselves, you know. Yeah. And they also mentioned that there was underwhelming evidence in the case. You know, was, the hearsay was obviously what what the AG used to, to get the conviction this. I want to reemphasize what he said was an underwhelming amount of evidence. It's not overwhelming, an under amount of evidence. Oh, I know. I Make sure our listeners hear Great that. big fat nothing burger. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right, yeah. And, and uh, I think, uh, you know, the, their closing argument was basically, you know, to try to make it as, the images as violent and as graphic as she could, you know, and, and I wanted to interrupt her and say once upon a time because, you know, it was just, it was just all, you know, just made up. You know, in the Army we say, this is no crap, and that's not the exact word we use, but when you're making up a story, you say, this is no crap. Yeah. And you, you go on to make a fairy tale. So she basically made a fairy tale to the to the jury, you know, and basically lied to them. Uh, and she kept saying, you know, military precision, and, you know, you know, this is a dangerous man, blah, 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 and, you know, all these violent images about a crime that, that didn't line up with the evidence at all. But apparently, they, that's what they, you know, they went with it. What I said on court TV, and in relating to what he just said, is that what happened in that trial absolutely did not support the closing statements at all. It was very misleading, and I think we will be probably addressing that later on. Yeah, very but, misleading. You know, um, were you aware, I mean, was there any kind of kid, I'm just wondering, uh, did you have any word that the jury was going to be sequestered or anything like that? No, uh, I, I was just finding stuff out at trial that uh, I should have known all along, like like the stuff about like Laura, even that she had seen me, you know, in, in the den, you know, on the TV or watching TV or on the laptop at like two a.m. That was a critical time. I didn't even hear about that until like a year after the trial. Oh you know, wow, that, that was a huge thing. You know, stuff like that. Basic information. I didn't know any of these hearsay witnesses were going to testify. That the discovery that I was given was just a small little box. It was all a lot of duplicate information, and it didn't have the actual interview stuff from it. Texas Leonard Smith. He goes by Scott Smith, I guess. When he showed up, he had a whole dolly like 
five feet high of boxes of, of the discovery. Obviously, none of it really related to the case because, like I said, there, there was nothing that really tied me to anything. No yeah. evidence showed that. But. Oh, that's really something. And that binder he had was a little bit ridiculous, um, I got to say. Um, you know, it, it was just I mean, look, looking for your birthday took a half hour, you know? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. They, were, they put, uh, almost put my social security number out there. They gave everything else my full name, birthday, and the judge almost allowed him to, to get my social security number out there, which was kind of crazy. But, yeah. Hey, you know, I got a little, uh, I was watching last night. I watch a lot, a little bit of this court TV, and I just go back to the on demand and watch your trial. And I'll just pick a, you know, I'll just choose one of the uh, people testifying and just watch that entire testimony. And I got to say, uh, there was a lot of trickery going on especially with scott smith you know and i love what olivia adams did uh didn't you say she stayed up all night to get ready for that testimony yeah she i you know i told her from the beginning we you know that they, they were lying about the cellular data and you know, i could they, the information i got in the discovery was enough that i could tell looking at it that you know just a common man that i could tell that it wasn't you know wasn't accurate and then uh when they started showing the clips, the, the edited clips that they gave of my security footage, I told them, you know, I was like, this isn't right. Like, I wasn't out of the house for a minute here or a minute there to feed animals and stuff like that. And they were making it look like I was out of the house for hours at a time. And, you know, so sure enough, she stayed up and she looked at all the different angles. There was four different cameras that she looked at it. And then she put it all together and just destroyed him on the stand. Oh, she and really did. One of my favorite moments in the trial, wasn't it yours, Stacey? One of my absolute favorite moments. Oh, yes. I mean, she backed him in a corner. And here's the thing. He said on the stand, if I recall correctly, he said that, well, it was new new technology so that they could know that the cell phones didn't go in the same direction. Well, I'm just going to call him out on that and say that's just not true because I had a copy of that report. And for heaven's sake, I'm a real estate agent. If I can figure out they went in opposite directions, I would think that a detective should be able to. Go ahead, say it. Go ahead, say it. Bless his heart. Say it. (laughs) 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 She always ends it with bless his heart. (laughs) I'm telling you, though, Kit. um, The other thing that struck me was there was a point where Judge Atkins actually got some testimony in. Uh, Do you remember when... uh, when uh, uh, Major James Garrett was on the stand, and everybody was done, both the defense and um, the prosecution, they were done questioning him. And then the judge wanted to add something. Do you remember that? And it was your. It, it was the fact that you were kicked out of the military from the court martial crap. Yeah, I don't remember it actually, but it, Garrett's the one that set that whole thing up. He, you know, it was just an Article 15, which is a very minor thing. I had a. 30 years, absolutely clean record. He didn't have a speeding ticket, had outstanding OERs, you know, and uh, he had set up that whole thing with uh, with uh, Article 15. That was that was all retaliation for my congressional request to Senator Rand Paul about what, you know, the process that I had been going through for 18 months with, with the military, you know, based of all Jones' lies. And, and, you know, they knew she was a bigamist and everything, but they were using her to retaliate against me for my congressional request. Yeah, when I turned down the Article 15 and the court is your, your, uh, you know, your option, then he went and got her out of jail, promised her like a quarter of a million dollars in victims' funds, and that they would take care of her bigamy charges and everything else to get her to basically make up all new allegations. So it went from a, a minor Article 15 for um, uh, stealing a laptop, which they knew I hadn't done because they, they 
they knew I hadn't done anything. They went and they, you know, used her to make up all these uh, beast charges and everything else uh, and try to get me, you know, uh, nail me to, you know, like 58 years since or something like that. Um, so that, that's how dirty they are. Yeah, that was, um, that's just so sad because, you know, by the way, what are you, I, I know you've earned some medals and I would love to talk to you about this real quick. I'm just going to take a little exit ramp and talk about the heroic side of Kit Martin for a second. Um, what, I, I know that the bronze medal is something that, or the bronze star is something that is like, I think the fourth highest military honor. You won three of those. Well, uh, you know, the real heroes are the guys that didn't come back, you know, the guys that gave everything. And, and, and the other guys that, that you know, lost limbs and, and are dealing with injuries to this day, you know, I was lucky. You can do everything right and, and you know, be killed or you can do everything wrong and, and just with dumb luck survive, you know. So, but I, I, did a, I did a year on the ground in Baghdad in uh, 06 or 07 with the kind of high point of the insurgency, um, working for the Iraqi National Police, kind of as a combat advisor, you know, we did the daily patrols, sometimes two or three patrols a day with them on the streets, wow. you know, raids and things like that, checkpoints, and uh, that, that was pretty hairy, and it was always, uh, the threat was always changing, you know, snipers, IEDs, EMPs, um, grenades, there was a constant, you know, threat, you know, we'd come up with a counter to the threat, to come up with a new threat, it was, it was pretty, pretty crazy there, um, a lot of IEDs, I saw a lot of guys, a lot of good guys get killed. Yeah. Um, a lot yeah. of young kids get killed. Um, and then my last other two tours, uh, I was the first tour or the next tour. I was uh, I got promoted to major. So I was uh, flying. Uh, I was back with my original battalion, so I was flying Apaches. Yeah. And uh, we had a we were the core reserve, so we were. I was designated the scalable strike packets coming in for the MNGI. And so basically, whenever there was an uprising or something like that, I, they would send me first, and then they would build the task force. Around me, and I would conduct operations. Oh my god! Yeah, Yeah, you can. Right, he is a badass. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yeah, just doing my job, he says very humbly. Well, to speak to that, just and I know he's too humble for me to say this, but I'm going to say it. You know, just like you called him the hero, and he said, "I wasn't the real hero. It was those that." didn't come back or lost their limbs. I mean, he's always given credit where credit's due. And if you don't mind, are you still going on with more awards or do you? No, I go. Haven't... no, I was just wondering, you know, I was wondering about the Bronze Stars. I've read enough about them and Veterans Day just went by and we've been celebrating you and everything that you did to earn these things. I know you've won an air medal or earned rather an air medal and uh, also uh, the combat action badge, which is just badassery is what it is. But go ahead. I'm listening to you, Stacey. Go ahead. Well, I have a question about just something you said, because I may have I may have heard you incorrectly because i've had that question when joan was arrested or convicted of a felony for bigamy where you thought you had married her but she was actually still married to another man uh one of her many tell tells that she's told she was convicted i read in both kentucky and tennessee so my question is do we know who bailed her out? Because she had a bond that she had to pay. And I'm wondering who paid that bond. Was that the military? I, I don't know. I know Garrett said on the stand that he got her out of jail one time. Um, and like I said, I, I know that they were offering her a lot of money to, to be a victim. So when you throw money at somebody, you know, they're like, especially 
question mark or they're, they're going to jump on that money. Um, and I was also surprised I had to go to some hearings for her charges and they actually had given her a, uh, a captain as an escort, a captain fancy, I think it was. So because of, uh, all her, uh, epidemic in the military thing, I said, that's a war, another war that I didn't realize I had stumbled into with all this. She's basically saying that there's these, uh, this sexual epidemic of assault and everything in the military. And basically turned into a giant witch hunt after about 2009. And I didn't know anything about this was going on. I was, you know, we were all concerned about the war. We weren't dealing with this kind of thing. Right. And, um, you know, and so, uh, you know, that's how all that came about though. You know, that's, that's what I, I stumbled into, um, you know, when I tried to separate myself from Joan. And I know there's a lot of service members out there, male and female, that are in really bad relationships and they're just having to stick it out because they're afraid that if they, if they, you know, they report it like I did, you know, I went and reported her baby. They know that, you know, that they could all blow up in their face because all, so, you know, somebody had to do is, is point to them and say, well, this person is helping me. This person is me. Yeah. And you're basically screwed. Your, your, your career's over. Your attention, your life is over. And I was writing a lot of articles later on with Mike, um, you know, about, all this stuff going on, this, this sexual witch hunts. And actually, we did a couple of articles on on Garrett and Ashore and, and false convictions that they did, you know, convicting guys and sending them to Leavenworth that they knew were, you know, 100% innocent. Uh, you know, the local yeah. police had proven they were innocent. But they were, these guys were rotting away in Leavenworth, you know, because, you know, a woman didn't want to get the parade and she pointed to them and said, hey, all this, this guy assaulted me or, you know, you know bad breakup with girlfriend or whatever. Once, once people find out that they can earn, you know, you know, 60000 to, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars for being a... Did we lose him? Uh-oh. I'm pretty sure that the... Um, I'm, sure, I'm sure that what just happened is Kit was cut off by the jail. So every time we mention Joan, just like the... Uh, I mean, let's just put it out there, Stacey. Every time we mention Joan, you know, uh, just like in the trial... We have, oh, well, he'll probably call back. I'm just going to guess that we got cut off there. That is too bad. Oh, he'll, he, maybe he'll call back. Well, what do you think so far, honey? Well, I think he's still as humble as I remember him to be, <laughs> for sure. You know? And I think, think what he's saying is also, you know, from what I could hear, it's a little hard, the reception's a little hard yeah. to hear, but, but, you know, he, um, we went in, I was also in the military, and we went in with this naive attitude that, you know, the justice system is good, that everything in the military is good. And if we did the right things, we could be or do anything we wanted to. And then we learn, you know, I used to sit back and I'd watch TV, I'd watch the news, and I would think, oh, well, they got arrested, they must have done it. And I can't, I can't think that way anymore. It's changed everything. And I'm sure it has for Kit as well, because we went in this with this naive sense of if we do the right things, it's always going to, and I know he's trying to keep the best attitude he can, but we're learning. There is so much corruption. There is so many processes to go through. 
And it's just not fair. There's a lot of people that are innocent that are in prison. Start the conversation now. We were afraid that maybe the jail cut you off or something, Kit. Uh, I don't know. Um, can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you great. Even better now. All right. Well, I'm back for now. <laughs> yeah, um, Stacey and I were just talking. Man, you are still as humble. You know, here you are. Speaking of, like, the real heroes of the war, and uh, we were just talking about just how humble you've remained through this thing, and it really is impressive. I love that you help out the chaplain, that you do all you can in the jail to help people. Um, you're helping those who get their GEDs. What else are you up to there as far as helping others? Because we get so many emails from people that have served a little time with you that, uh, that feel forever indebted. They want to help you now. Yeah, well, you know, I, I do what I, you know, I try to, to do whatever I can, you know, wherever I go. So, you know, wherever God sends me, that's where I, 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 I mean, I try to do my best to, to help others. So, yeah, um, yeah, you know, I, I help guys with their, their legal stuff. You know, when I was in jail, now that I'm in prison, I, you know, uh, I'm working as a tutor. I got a lot of guys that got the GEDs, which is just great to see. And uh, I lead a, a, a Bible study uh, on uh, Saturday nights. We talk about the geography and the history of the Bible. That's, uh, you know, my, my first degree. And then, um, you know, I've learned a lot. I, I thought I knew a lot about the Bible and, uh, and, uh, and a lot of, like, uh, you know, Christianity and things. I found out that actually there was a lot I didn't know. So I've, uh, I've been digging deep into that since I've been inside now. And, uh, a lot of this kind of came about because of COVID. Um, I've been in a lot of different positions in the civilian world and in the military, but I'd never, did anything like that with the church and I never really expected to, but after we kind of locked down with COVID, you know, I, I realized that, you know, that's the only way we would make something happen. And, and so we would make meals in the jail and we would have, you know, guys come together and we would we'd do Bible study. And so here in the prison, you know, we were able to do the same thing. I'm able to take a lot of courses and, um, you know, I give sermons sometimes and stuff like that. And, um, it's, it's a great car experience. Yeah. So I just try to give back what I've been, Wow, Kit, you are something else. You know, I mean, well, you did really good marrying each other. I love really both of you. <laughs> what you got? What you, you are so funny. He's a good person. You find out after you've been, you know, we were together, I guess we were married 13 years, and then you're apart for so long. I've known Chris, well, Chris to me, Kit to everybody else, over 30 years, and then you realize the grass isn't always greener. On the other side, we've both been through quite a bit. Yeah. But what I do know is I've always remained knowing that that he's a good person. He is a good person. And that's why, you know, some people say, you know, why are you doing this? Why are you helping him? Because I know he's a good person. I know he's innocent. That's, that's why I'm helping him. Right. And you wouldn't be able to sleep at night if you couldn't, right? I mean, that's kind of where we are. <laughs> Um, I'm already not sleeping at night. <laughs> yeah, we're not sleeping at night anyway. Um, Kit, talk to us about your music. Uh, I know that you have picked up the violin and you have picked up uh, guitar. Are you really enjoying that? And are you learning some songs and some chords? Tell us about it. Well, yeah, uh, that's, you know, another thing. I never really had time to do any of that. And I didn't have, you know, moving around as a, as a military kid, I didn't have the opportunity to really do any of that. Um, so now that I'm, you know, digging into the Bible and taking Bible courses and, and learning so much just 
amazing information. And then, you know, the other side is the music opportunity that I've never, you know, had before. So, uh, you know, yeah, I'm focused on the violin. I, I'm trying the guitar, but I'm not very good at it. And then uh, recently I started trying to do the drums. Yeah. Sitting my back's kind of jacked up. So sitting for a long time is, is hard for me, but uh, I've always wanted to do the drums. And so I'm, I'm really enjoying that. I got a couple of buddies that are helping me with that. Just like I got some friends out there that are helping me with the, with the violin and everything. So. Wow. Yeah, it's been great. Yeah, yeah I, I've been doing I, about a, a little over a year now. Yeah, that's so cool. I want to. I, I am going to call your friend Todd and try to get him on this podcast, and maybe we can even play some of the music. I'll have to have licensing rights yeah. and that kind of stuff. But yeah, I definitely want to get with him. It just sounds like such a delight. Well, now he was like your music teacher, and he's out now, right? Yeah, he's a he's an amazing musician, and uh, we did a bunch of recordings together that he has, and uh, you'll see you'll be able to tell. My violin playing from my kids very easily, but uh, <laughs> you can play anything, anything with strings. Yeah, and my buddy Ben, Chris, Preacher, my other buddy. Uh, yeah, just amazing. Yeah, uh, and they, guys. all the guys call, yeah, you know, I know that in the military they called you Kit. There, they call you Major, don't they? Yeah, you, you get a nickname, and whether you like it or not. Because <laughs> <So, yeah. laughs> I wondered how you felt about that. Like, I know the whole military pride thing, you know. So, yeah, uh, the, but that's what the yeah. guys call you in the inside there. Um, have you been outside? Do you get to go outside? What's a day in the life as far as your enjoyment? What are you enjoying there? Yeah, so usually I'll get up, I'll have my mornings free, so I'll go do uh, music practice first thing, and then uh, a tutor in the afternoon, and then um, over lunch, a lot of times I'll, I'll do uh, church courses, you know, a lot of theology, homiletics, things like that, uh, hermeneutics, and then um, in the evenings, we don't have band or church service, uh, you know, I'll try to get outside some, and um, I'll try to get it right now, we don't have evening rec anymore because it's so dark. Yeah. early so right. I'll try to do like a 45 minutes of uh, walking the yard and working out um, right after I get done to your your attitude is just an amazing do you um, do you find yourself just getting along with most everybody there I mean it sounds like you've got kind of a good thing going on there at the Eastern Kentucky complex you know I mean as good uh, as it yeah, can be I mean, yeah there's, there's a lot of uh, you know there's a lot of stuff that happens here um, we've got a really great warden and uh, for the most part a really good staff uh, you know, but stuff does happen. There's there are a lot of violent guys here. You know, there's a lot of real, you know, real criminals and stuff. You know, if you stay stay in your lane and stay around, you know, a good group of people and don't get involved with bad stuff, which, you know, I've been with that. Yeah, yeah you, you do okay. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't have, I don't have any real problems. And, and I try to treat everybody, you know, kind of the golden rule thing, you know, like Jesus taught. And, and you know, that comes back to you, I think. So, yeah, I get along with pretty much everybody. Man, I'm really proud of your ex-husband there, sweetheart. Yeah, he's, he's uh, adaptable to any situation, just tries to make the best of it, you know. Um, we are working very, very hard to try to get you out, and um, I, it's public information, so I'm sure I can say it on here, because I'm sure, as we know, your calls are recorded. But um, I did look, and they have filed with the Supreme Court. Your attorney has uh, a petition. I think it's called for retrial or reconsideration should hear back from that it said by december the 5th oh that's good news did you know that kit uh, yeah they said they were going to do it um no i don't i don't really expect um you know anything come out of that i mean i think it's important to try for other people because like i said it 
you know, if a bad precedent is set, it affects everybody from here on out, you know what I mean? So it's, it's important to, you know, uphold the Constitution and, and the, you know, the, the rights that we're supposed to give, mm-hmm. you know, and that so many, so many guys fought for. Um, so hopefully, you know, mm-hmm. that will have a positive effect. We will have to wait and see, so. Oh, my God. I've got a question, and you may or may not know this. It, um, hopefully, I can find this out um, this evening. But, you know, we had one justice that recused himself. We had two that did think that you should have a new trial and four that thought you didn't. So if one more changes their mind, then that's a tie. Do you know what that means? Yeah, we okay. wanted to know what happens if it's a tie in the Supreme Court. I think the convictions are the, the convictions are held. I think it has to be reversed. I think you have to have a majority that requests a retrial. My my attorney said that they have never seen a case where a life sentence is dropped, but a retrial is not granted. They've never seen that before either. So yeah. Um, oh, there's yeah, other ways though. Just, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. There's just a lot of stuff going on with that. You know, that, like I said, it once you're arrested, you know, you basically have zero power to do anything. So I've been inside now for four and a half years. And, um, yeah, you're basically at the mercy of everybody else. You, like I said, you're, everything's monitored. You can't make even a simple phone call, or, you know, um, you know, without them digging into everything. And it, um, so you don't have any real communication. You don't have any, you know, you don't have internet access or access to your records really. So you're basically at the mercy of everybody else, you know, and, and they know that, you know, that's why like when detective Smith lied, you know, just like he done in other cases, um, you know, he lied to, to get, uh, an indictment through a grand jury. Um, and he basically admitted that he had done that at the trial. It, it, they know you had to have you then, you know what I mean? And once you're, once you're arrested and they, they take you that much out of you and everything, and uh, you put your orange and everything, handcuff you, and everybody else looks at you like you're guilty. You know what I mean? It's, it's hard for people that have never had to deal with that to understand that. You know, uh, I didn't understand it, you know, before I had to go through it. And I was always a big supporter of the police. And, and there's a lot of amazing law enforcement officers out there doing great things. But when you get one bad apple, mm. you know, especially when they have a record record of doing bad things, you know, and, and, and lying, then, you know, that destroys the whole system. And the credibility of all the other police officers and then lawyers and prosecutors, same thing, that's all destroyed as well. You know, I mean, if you, if you allow, if you cover for the person, then that, it, 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 you know, it just, it just spreads like that. And, it and does. It's like a cancer. Yeah, it's like a yeah. cancer, and uh, and sometimes it's, well, it's unstoppable sometimes, you know, but uh, we are going to do everything we can to stop this madness, Kit. It has to stop for you. We have to get you out, and we're doing everything we can. There's, uh, there's phone calls going on, and we would never show our hand because we know who's listening right now. They're all listening, um, and, and we know that, you know, they're capable of doing that. They're capable of, I mean, if Emilio's going to, you know, um, uh, try to get you a copy of of the book and then that is confiscated by uh, Scott Smith. I think that, I mean, that just tells us everything that we need to know. They're paying attention to everything we do. So we're not going to, and you're the one that taught me this, my army ranger friend here, she said proudly, uh, but you don't want to show everybody your hand, you know, so just know that there is some really good stuff going on in the background that calms Stacy down a little bit, calms me down a little bit, and your army, it calms them down a little bit as well. So, and we are definitely keeping 
um, all we can uh, on social media. We are keeping your face and your name in the light. And it's it's all about hashtagging free kit Martin. That uh, has become um, a major thing. I think it's been hashtagged um, a, a couple hundred thousand times since we started it. So, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really good thing. We keep that going. We also have the hashtag Joan had the phone because that makes it more interesting. Like you want to kind of dig into it after you find out there's this chick involved that, you know, uh, somehow took down an army ranger. Thank you and thank you and everybody else out there for all that, for all, you know, everyone's doing it and the kids army and all the other folks out there. And, you know, just really, really appreciative of, of all the support they're giving me and my family. I mean, you know, the, the, Inspector Smith still messing with my family. I mean, he drove out to, to Raleigh just like last week after six court TV appearance and, you know, harassed my, my family, threatened them with jail, you know, stole more material, and, you know, um, all without a warrant and everything. And, and that's just kind of par for the course, you know. But, you know, they've had me arrested, you know, they have me in here for, you know, years now. And uh, that just shows you how corrupt people are, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and the same with like, you know, Garrett, you know, he, he lied on the stand. He got caught lying on the stand and, you know, well, no, there is such thing as perjury. You just got to get the right lawyers to call them out. You know, I mean, there's perjury going on all over your case. I mean, there's so much lying. I just can't even believe that it it's was. Horrible. It, it is horrible. It's horrible, Stacy. It really is. Yeah. And, you know, Smith, like you said, back to what you said, Chris, is our kid. Um, he's got such a history. I mean, right now he's in a case where... Um, Norman, what was his last name? Graham. Graham. Yeah, Norman Graham. The accusation is that he actually uh, got Mr. Graham to uh, submit a sample of semen and planted it on the girl's pants yeah now how evil is that i mean right. it's well, unbelievable they're going yeah. after you know mr graham mr graham you probably know about that case kit he is out of jail now and he's fighting 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 and he's trying to go for uh scott smith's entire estate and all the other kentucky state police officers from post two who helped with that mess you know so yeah there's some accountability being held there and uh makes me kind of happy i don't know about you but i'm uh yeah it makes me kind of ecstatic to hear stuff like that well yeah it's just like i said you, you gotta you gotta get those bad apples out of there yeah you know, like, yeah you know, with the prosecutors too you know you get a bad prosecutor like carrot mayor bayshore right. or you know like whaley in my case and you know the, the, the lies and everything that they tell you know what i am happy for and i feel blessed about is that it was all recorded you know thank god for court tv no kidding you know, they recorded this and anybody can go and look at it even now, you know, they can see them lying on the stand and, and admitting they had to lie. They can see them, you know, doing janics with the with the video editing and all that kind of stuff. You know, the hearsay and the and the fifth amendment stuff that wasn't shown, I don't think. And uh, I know the jury didn't get to see any of that and they didn't get to see a lot of the background history or they didn't get to see any of the discovery either. But but it's out there, you know. And what struck me was that they were so blatant about it, and you can tell that they don't care that they're being caught in the, in the act. You know, just like they sort of care that he lies were found out. Because it's just the way they do business every day, you know, and it's the injustice industry. The injustice industry covers for them, and, and they don't care. Because they know they're not going to face any repercussions for it. You know, just like uh, Mr. Graham, you know, he, 
it was a cold case like mine. There was no new evidence like mine. And, you know, Smith came in and lied to a grand jury and got him arrested. They put him in trial. You know, he got, I think, they served eight years out of maybe a life or something. And um, that's a regular day, you know. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. And it's... you got some amazing, amazing uh, officers out there that are trying to do the right thing, you know, and trying to get to the truth, you know. And, you know, again, thank God for, for people like Michael Kinsack, you know, who was a you know famous L.A. homicide detective and, He's been uh, he's been working for me pro bono for years now, you know, eight years now, and he even went to the FBI and stuff, and you know, sheriff in like Todd County, and he, because he knew something was going to happen, he had that feeling that something bad to happen, and uh, you know, he was trying to prevent it, and they all just kind of blew him off, and um, you know, a few weeks later, you know, the murders happened. Yeah, but, you know, he tried. Oh, my goodness. Well, I have my theories on what happened, and I would never share that publicly, but uh, I I know uh, everybody's got their own little theory. One thing we know for sure, though, right, Stacey? We know who didn't do it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We do know that, and we know all the people that are lying in this game, and it's sad that they could treat it like a game because, like Chris said, they don't care. And it's, it's just, it's a travesty. It, it truly is. We don't know how people sleep at night. Like, even the Phillips family, I mean, I don't know how they sleep at night. They've got to know that there's still a killer running around out there. You know, they were, uh, if you look at the discovery, it does show that every time that Smith went and met with Garrett, and he would go directly to the Phillips house and meet with Diane and Matt Phillips and kind of download all the crap that they had been telling them. You know, when you look at, a small amount of the physical evidence, and I'm using quotation things with my fingers here, you can't see, but, you know, the, the, the casing that shows up miraculously five months later after multiple police searches, you know, they don't find anything, but they find this immaculate casing, which isn't a correct casing, which, you know, it's kind of important, but, you know, they find this casing, and, uh, you know, they find this dog tag, which the information on it's all incorrect, but that's okay. Kind of goes to all that as well. Hey, man, we appreciate you being here. Are you there, Stacy? I think I lost Stacy, and now I'm going to lose you. Um, hey, man, it, it is such a pleasure talking to you. Kit, thank you so much for just kind of keeping us updated, and uh, we will do this again, like, next month. We'll talk to you around Christmas time. How's that? That'd be great. Yeah, like I said, just thank you so much for, for what you're doing and, and everybody else out there. There's, there's thousands of people, and uh, like I said, I just appreciate everybody's support. Uh, not only for me, but for my family and, and all the other false convictions out there. And there's so many, unfortunately. So yeah, uh, please keep up the good work. Hey, thank you so much, sir. Have a great night. Appreciate you. We got you. Thank you for using Securus. Goodbye.